the good news of Jesus Christ doesn't sound like much good news today. It sounds almost like a warning by the time we get to the end. So first, some interesting details about this parable that's often called the parable of the unforgiving servant. I think a better name would be the parable of the king who forgives impossible debts, but I didn't write the heading in my Bible. 10,000 talents is what the first slave owes. One talent equals approximately 15 years of wages for a day laborer. That works out to 150,000 years worth of wages that he is indebted to in our terms for America right now. The median salary for workers in 2019 was $47,000, give or take a few. So the slave, if you want to do the math or can in your head real quickly, owes approximately $7 billion, $50 million. I know. The point is, it's an amount so large that it can't be paid back. One denarius compared to 10,000 talents One denarius equals one day's wage. So the other guy owes about 100 days' wages. Again, in our terms, you divide that out, it's approximately $12,876. Not an insignificant debt, but one that you can certainly understand numerically. Anyway, a couple interesting things. This parable is part of Jesus' answer to Peter's question. Lord, you know, if another brother sins against me, how often should I forgive And Peter's question asked right there is Peter's response to a teaching that Jesus has just finished about how they should deal with someone in the church who has wronged them. Pastor Eric framed it a few weeks ago, I believe, as confrontational love. Love confronting sin. And so you were supposed to go to the person and you're supposed to say, you have hurt me, and then Jesus goes through this process But it's a challenging teaching because Jesus calls us in the midst of love to work to repair our relationships. And so Peter hears that. And I kind of think that he hears that and he comes to Jesus with this question. And I have to believe that it's not rhetorical. I don't have any proof of this other than I know how hard it is to live together in community. And so Peter comes and he says, you know, Lord, if another brother sins against me, how often should I forgive him? And by another brother, I think he means John or Philip or any number of the other 11 who's been annoying him for two and a half years as they've wandered the countryside with Jesus. There's little doubt in my mind that Peter would have had someone in mind that needed Perfect forgiveness applied to them in this situation. I mean, Lord, if another brother like him, how often do I have to keep forgiving him? Seven times? If you don't know, seven is the perfect number for for Jews and Jewish. It's a perfect number, seven. Seven days of creation, all, all that. And I suppose Peter thought seven was more than enough. But Jesus says, no, not seven, but 77 times. 77 times what? And then he tells this parable. The exact number is not what's important for the story. What 77 means is as many times as necessary, Peter. As many times as necessary, Chris. Although seven times seems more than generous to some of the people who have hurt me. I mean, come on. Forgiveness is so, so hard. 
I feel like I'm trying to be funny and sad at the same time. Being humans, hard. Living together in communities, hard. I mean, think of what we know about forgiveness from our own culture. Just, just raise up the idea of forgiveness in Western culture. I would say pretty much nothing. Forgive and forget, they say. If you've heard that. Forgive and forget. And by that, what we usually mean is forgive and I'll remember secretly so I can bring it up sometime and really let you have it with it. Maybe that's just me. I can't even see if you're smiling, so I have no idea. It's, it's really hard. And at the end, Jesus says, you should or must forgive your brother or sister from the heart, yet we know in our hearts that forgiveness isn't just something we can force once even more than 77 times. But that's what Jesus is after. A changed heart, actual liberation, freedom for us and his people. Now as I say that, I want to make one sideline note about forgiveness. This text has been used in the past to justify staying in abusive relationships and people who are pained by painful things and, and being somehow abused. We're not talking about that. If people are hurting us or damaging us and refusing to repent or stop or change, we need to get away from them. So let that at least guide us. But what Jesus is after here is a changed heart for his people. New life. I wonder who Peter went and talked to after this conversation with Jesus. Who did he seek out for the 100th time or the 10th time or the first time. And so the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who forgives impossible debts in order to give life back to his servant. To quote one of my favorite preachers on this text, forgiveness is life. Pastor David Lose, thank you. Forgiveness is life. It's life because when someone hurts you, it leaves a mark. Whatever you want to call it, we're wounded in small ways that add up or large ways that, that alter our life all at once. Either way, they take part of our life. They make us die a little bit. And it's so much easier to nurse the grudge. To be angry and, and hold up what they've done so that it can continue to be painful. And that continued pain can then justify our anger, and, and we have a right to be angry. They've wronged us. They've done something to us. They don't actually deserve forgiveness. It's true, but neither do we when we hurt someone. We don't deserve forgiveness. If we deserved forgiveness, it wouldn't be called forgiveness. It'd be called making it up to you, paying you back what I owe. I had a friend from another country. We sat down to, to have a cup of coffee, and we were sitting there drinking coffee, and I accidentally kicked them under the table. And they promptly smiled and kicked me back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I asked them about it. We talked and laughed, and they said in their culture, there's a, there's a saying or a thing that if you do something like that to someone, you let them do it back so you know that they don't have anything over you. Keeping things even it's funny, sort of, but not really. It's actually how a lot of us live. 
We think someone or the world or something owes us something or they think someone or something owes them something and so all life and living gets all kind of jumbled and messed up. That's not how life comes. I'll say it again, forgiveness is life. Part of this parable is also about setting ourselves free to live in this world when we hold on to the things that have been done to us in the past or that we have done, it keeps us stuck there in that place. To use the words of the parable, tortured by our mistakes or someone else's, our own shame or someone else's, or something else if you've lived that experience and it's different. To be able to forgive someone who has wronged us, it actually restores us. In the spiritual sense, it starts building things back up. Or to be able to ask for forgiveness when we know we've wronged someone else starts building us up. Those actions of forgiveness start to open up new possibilities, to create new space for new things and new kinds of relationships to happen. That they release us from that cause and effect of our past, the whole, if you kick me, I'll kick you thing and keep things even I mean, it's so tedious, but it's a a cycle of death that that holds us by the throat, again, to use the words of the parable. To keep track of all the wrongs that have been done. Be patient, I'll pay you back whatever I owe you. Really? All 7 billion, 50 million wrongs? Is what the parable is trying to say. The point is, it's not the number, but the impossibility of the whole thing, of making up some of the things we do to each other, of making them right. Bringing things back to balance and even. I think it's interesting that the servant in the parable doesn't ask for forgiveness. In fact, what he asks for is just more bondage. Have patience, I'll pay you everything. Have patience. I will just keep serving and slaving and serving and slaving, trying to make things even, even though I can't. Being human is just that hard. Forgiveness, it isn't easy. That's why we need forgiveness. Some things this side of heaven probably just can't be made up, made even. And yet we have a story of a king who is working in our lives, inviting us to draw near to his love and step into his way of living. And so Jesus says the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a servant who doesn't ask for forgiveness but receives it anyway. That's what Jesus wants us to see, that God forgives the debt. For a while, I was working on this, and I was asking myself, what sort of king would let someone rack up a debt like that anyway? I mean, seven billion? It really bothered me. Then I realized something. The king wasn't keeping track of debt in terms of debt. He was keeping track in terms of blessing, and so he just kept blessing his servant whenever his servant needed it, even though his servant was squandering the blessing. And God's way is reversed. And God keeps just trying to bless you. It must have felt amazing to be free from that burden. And yet, it doesn't seem to affect them. 
right? He takes it for granted. Anyway, he could have come running out of the chambers of the king, proclaiming to everyone, I've been forgiven, and inviting them to throw themselves down at the feet of the king and beg for mercy too, knowing that if he was forgiven, surely anyone else could be. He could have offered that same mercy to others. But he doesn't. He just remains the same guy, bound to the same system of sin, and he turns around and puts his fellow servant, or friend, or acquaintance, or coworker, or family member, someone he's nursing a, a grudge against anyway, puts them in prison until they pay him back. It's a profound parable. God's kingdom today invites us to forgive each other because forgiveness is life. It isn't the cheap grace sort of discipleship, as Pastor Eric said a couple weeks ago. Forgiveness is one of the hardest things we do. It's a journey, a process, maybe not something that happens all at once. Nevertheless, if we really want to live, we move into it. We need forgiveness because community is just that difficult. Man, it's good to see all of you here today in community, out there in community, knowing that we can be drawn together, and yet it's hard to balance out needs, our own struggles, our own particular things that we need or want. But if we want to have a whole life, we work for that and offer forgiveness when needed. And I don't think forgiveness was easy for Jesus either. I mean, he had to die on the cross. He had to give his life for people, a whole world that took everything he had and couldn't pay him back because it was his in the first place. And so, on the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and broke it and gave thanks and said, this is my body given for you. And in the same way, after they ate, he took the cup and he gave thanks and he said, this cup is the new promise in my blood poured out for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. I wonder if Peter remembered this parable when he heard those words and realized what Jesus was doing later. The beautiful thing about the story when told beside the cross is that Jesus isn't trying to force Peter to forgive or to make him do it insincerely. Jesus is trying to help Peter stop looking at what was or, or what he isn't, and see what's the truth about your life in Jesus the Christ, that you are forgiven. That you have been forgiven, that you will be forgiven, that you'll always be forgiven, and that you'll be failing and forgiving others your whole life, and yet God will be working to constantly draw you together even as you succeed sometimes. By offering it to others, we have to realize that we need it ourselves. And so here we are, church, and dear friends, I am glad. Being church together is about helping each other open up to that promise so that in this broken, pained world, we can see more of God's abundant blessings instead of the pain that we cause or that are caused to us. And then be energized by that blessing to share them instead of just passing on more pain. And so the world will change. That is the power of forgiveness. To be set free from the past 
in order to embrace the present moment and look ahead to a future of hope because forgiveness is life. Amen.